after six days i wouldn't be eating no, people eat, after six eat, days they said weeks this okay weeks. all right after six weeks i might be eating people shit man six hours in i'd be fucking digging <laughs> in dude if he fucking lives i'm subtracting several numbers <laughs> several numbers guys this is luke you know the way we, we we record these is we you know marcus and i watch them together which sometimes doesn't leave enough or any room for for some research for example in this movie there is several minutes caught by the npaa for it to not get an x rating we had no idea so during the podcast you're going to hear me talk about how this is quentin tarantino's favorite slasher movie and how uh, surprised we are because of that cut that we saw was the 90 minute cut which uh, has almost no gore enjoy the podcast thanks welcome to the review to death podcast i'm marcus and i'm luke happy valentine's day everyone thanks for joining us for our special episode with my bloody valentine the original from 1981 you know we we thought about actually doing the uh the 2009 remake which uh, we, we both seen saw that yeah. one in the theater 3d glasses and everything yeah, that's right. It was my bloody Valentine 3D back back then. I remember really enjoying that with you. I don't remember a whole lot. I remember the actors that were in it, and I definitely didn't remember the remake being as gory as you say it is. I remember being really gory, and I remember being like really gory, and I remember it being just chock full of, of of TNA. Yeah, I don't remember any of that, but I do uh, remember enjoying it. And the one thing that I do remember that is the mine, because this movie is a takes place in a mine for the most part. And I remember our killer, what he looks like in the minor uniform, like this blue, you know, jumpsuit, the zip and the mask and the, the miner's mask. helmet. After watching the original tonight, it seems like they just copied it directly, which they should have done. So, but I do remember seeing that in the remake. Tonight we watched the, the 1981 original. We hadn't seen, neither of us had seen uh, this movie before, correct? Yeah, we had never seen it. In fact, I remember when the remake came out, I didn't realize it was a remake because at the time I had never heard of the original. Same, I had no idea. I just, you know, we that was during the height of the, the 3D craze that was going on at the time. And then um, I, I just, I do remember it being used pretty effectively. Like they, they threw that gore in your face and uh, they made sure your 3D glasses picked it all up. What you're going to hear us talk about tonight with the original My Bloody Valentine is you're going to see that we both... Um, you know, recognize some early slasher movie things that contributed to the genre as a whole. But, you know, this one sort of feels like it was lost a bit because not many people talk about this one. Yeah, this one's definitely lost in the shuffle. You know, one of the few, you know, I guess, uh, champions of this movie is, is actually Quentin Tarantino. He he considers this his favorite slasher movie, which is interesting. Because <laughs> don't get me wrong, we... I at least I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And and when you think of what, you know, Quentin Tarantino's favorite slasher movie would be, this would not be one that comes to mind at all. No, definitely considering some of the other stuff that he enjoys and has publicly stated that he's enjoying. Well, it's also restrained. It's restrained as, as hell, considering, you know, the remake is like, the, we talked about this during the movie. It, it's the opposite of this. The, the remake shows you everything repeatedly. This movie does not. 
Well, they're both the product of their time. So, you know, this movie came out in 1981. Up until that point, you know, Halloween had come out before that. But the general way that people made horror movies is represented in this one. It's that slower, more calculated one where, you know, things take its time. Where in 2009, when the remake came out, that was, you know, peak time in the 2000s of wild and crazy. We're going to do whatever the hell we want to do. This one is influenced by movies that came before it. Primarily, I would say Halloween, you know, makes a makes a a, a big is a big influence on this well, movie. You know, coming out right after Halloween, it's hard to see. It's hard to believe that it wouldn't have been influenced by that one. Right. You know, this came out in 1981, which, by the way, that's when Marcus and I were, were born. The year before this, 1980, was, was when the first Friday the 13th came out. It's definitely influenced by I would those two movies, Friday Thirteenth, the original, and, and Halloween. I think are, are huge influences on how this movie played out. You know, we talked about it too. There's another movie that came out around the same time period, around in 1983, called Sleepaway Camp, and that one's more well known mainly for the ending. Go watch that one if you haven't. Things that I thought were pretty original, the Sleepaway Camp, are being done here in My Bloody Valentine. So you know, it's that sort of that missing link in between these two movies. This is cool about horror movies, man. That's why part of the reason why I love them, man. It's besides the blood and gore and the mayhem. It's cool to see the you know the evolution. You can see you know movies building off each other, even to the point where you know you get originals that eventually get remade, but they build off you know, movies that were made before them that build off movies that were you know before them that were influenced by the original. It's uh, it's I don't know, man. I think it's fucking cool. I love it. So the opening of this movie is almost a throwback to, you know, like 60s and 70s era horror movies. And the way that it's filmed, it's like you've got two miners in a mine and we thought they were both guys. But actually, it's a it's a it's our minor killer and a woman who have gone into the mine for some frisky business. They're wearing the the, the, the jumpsuits. They, they both have the gas masks on. They have the minor helmets with the uh, with the lamp, which that's our, our the miners look. All of a sudden, they stop, and one of them starts to disrobe, and it turns out it's a woman with a, a little, you know, heart tattoo. Our other miner she tries to take his mask off. He's like, "No, no, no, don't leave, leave it, leave it on. Yeah, it stays on during sex." The he sees the tattoo, and he like pushes her up against like a spike. It's a, it's his pickaxe. He, he like yeah. he thrust thrust it into the 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 wall next to her, and it kind of gave her a little thrill, like whoo. And then uh, he fucking he puts her right on top of that thing right before the any 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 frisky business can go on. He, she gets uh, straight up murdered. She's our first kill in the movie. And and as I was saying, like this this feels like you know an older school horror movie to where even the way that the the woman is portrayed and what she how her hair is and how she takes off her mask and her hair is perfect and it flows out. It's like it's very you know seventies era horror movie. And then when she dies. The camera zooms right in on her screaming mouth, which is right out of all those Italian horror movies of the time. Oh, for sure. You know, uh, Hitchcock, Giallo, uh, all that stuff. I mean, this, this movie wears its influences on its sleeve. And so that's our opening scene. And then you get the beginning of the movie. And the whole movie is based on it actually like, you know, and it's not like a real urban legend. It's one that they created for the movie. But it's a pretty good, effective urban legend. So it's really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. So basically, 20 years before all the events of this movie happened, there was a uh, five miners, I believe it was, that were ended up being trapped in the mine because two their two supervisors were basically careless. They forgot to check the the methane levels in the mine, which ended up causing an explosion and trapped these 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 miners 
in the mine for six weeks. Basically, what ended up happening was they had to result to cannibalism to stay alive. And when they finally, the rescuers finally got to these miners, there was only one guy left alive whose name is Harry Warden. Again, he's resulted to cannibalism to stay alive. The other guys are all dead. And Harry's pretty insane. And yeah, he's eating, he's like gnawing on an arm when we see it. Cause as they're, <laughs> they're saying, they're telling us this story in a flashback. And is it, is it the chief of police, Chief Newbie that's saying chief, it, or is it? Chief Newbie, yeah. He's, he's telling it to the mayor, which is kind of weird because you figure the mayor would know. <laughs> yeah, they're both about the same age. But anyway, yeah, they're telling it in flashback. And, you know, when it gets to this part in the flashback, they show a guy just like gnawing on an arm, like, like, uh, like Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, like uh, it, it's in color, so it made me think of Dawn of the Dead, man. It made me think of the the the, the blue face zombies in yeah. the in the mall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty jarring scene, but it's good. It's it's a well done flashback, well done setup for uh, our potential killer because uh, he, be, you know, he is basically our our number one suspect for most of the movie. So Harry Warden, he's again, he's found insane. He ends up taking revenge on these two supervisors that you know neglected their duties. And he ends up killing them both on the day of uh, the Valentine's Day dance, which is a big, big thing in this in this small mining town called Valentine Bluffs. Called Valentine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really hammering it home. So you know, he he kills these guys in a pretty gruesome fashion. He 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 kills them and basically removes their hearts and, and puts them in a box of Valentine's Day candies. And yeah, and then they send you know, Harry Warden off to an insane asylum. And so, you know, the legend is, the urban legend part is, is that every year he comes back and checks. And if there's a Valentine's Day party, then people are getting killed. So no more Valentine's Day parties. Yeah, so guess what's happening this year? <laughs> Fucking Valentine's Day party! <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs> it's time, man. It's been 20 years, man. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. You get introduced to a lot of characters in this movie. And I'm going to tell you right now that, you know, we didn't remember everybody's name. There's so many different characters, so many different names. So you might hear us like throw a name out that we've never said before. Just assume it's one of the miners because there's a lot of miners and you meet them right off the bat. And they're just like roughhousing in the mine. Oh, dude. Yeah, this seems ridiculous. They, the, way, <laughs> the way they introduced, they're all having like a ball. And you figure that they're working at the funnest place on Earth in, instead of a mine. Uh, you know, they're just like, they're grab assing and fucking horsing around. They get in the showers. They're all showering right next to each other. And they're all like, you know, snapping towels at each other. <laughs> you know, they're fucking. It's like just, a Porky's movie. It's like a pork. Exactly. They're just, they're just, you know, they're all just a bunch of dudes. Just, you know, and they're talking about like, hey, man, this dance is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Let's go to the town and get drunk. They're just totally obnoxious. They show up at the bar or the place where they're drinking that particular day and they blow an air horn as they're walking in. That's Howard. That's Howard. <laughs> Motherfucking Howard. Uh, Luke, so Luke hates Howard. You're going to hear about him on and off. But yeah, Luke hates this guy. I fucking could not stand Howard. I, I don't know how anybody watching this movie could stomach this character. He's so fucking annoying. He's the guy that thinks he's funny as shit, but he's uh, he's actually the worst. So yeah, you got Howard, who's got, he's just full of practical jokes. And like I said, Marcus said he's got an air horn. He shows up and he fucking starts scaring people. Just a few characters here. Axel, uh, we're introduced to. Um, he's, a, who, he's an important one. Remember Axel? Yeah, import, he's an important dude. He's dating Sarah, uh, who's another important character. There's a character called TJ. He's kind of a loner. He 
kind of a, you know, what would you call him? A little eccentric, maybe. He used to date Sarah and he wants her back, but obviously she's dating Axel. So there's like a, a really boring love triangle that's going on between these three. These are the three main characters and really the only important ones. I mean, we already talked about Agreed. Chief Newbie. He's totally useless. He shows up on and off just to yell at nothing and then comes back and then really does nothing. Yeah, Chief Newbie is completely reactive. He reacts to stuff that happened an hour ago. You got the guy Howard that Luke mentioned before. And then there's there's like a Hollis. There's a Sarah. There's a whole bunch of other people. But again, they're just there to get killed, really. Patty. Patty. Yeah. Sarah's friend Patty is there, who's kind of like the, uh, the, the, the party girl. But the, again, it's not super important. A lot of these characters end up being just victims that, you know, it just they get killed off real quick. So they're going to have this Valentine's Day party and then the mayor and the chief are, you know, driving away after we get this flashback, you know, they're talking about it. Well, actually, no, we get the flashback after the car scene where they like the, they, he gets the box of chocolates and he opens it up and there's a heart inside, a human heart. And, and you know, we're both expecting, you know, the guy to freak out. But he's like, oh, not again. <laughs> That's his reaction. He's like, ah, shit. And it, it turns out to be. This, this sweet old lady, her name is Mabel. We saw her get killed earlier in the movie. She la- runs a laundromat because you know she completely decked out her laundromat in Valentine's Day decorations. And the miner hates that shit. Okay, he can't stand it. He sees red and white and lace and hearts and he loses his fucking mind. Dude, he sees red and he sees red. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, we see Mabel. We don't really see Mabel get killed, but the, when they find her, we, we do get some pretty good gore effects for that one. That might be the best gore effect in the movie, yeah, man. I think so. She looks horrible. He stuffed her in a dryer and uh, dried her, and she looks <laughs> she looks bad. She looks really fucked up. And the killer miner left uh, like a heart with a poem in her chest that the, that the chief just manhandling evidence the whole movie. Yeah, it's kind of funny. He uh, chief newbie. He's like the worst police chief ever. He's. He just, you know, handles evidence with bare hands. He gets blood all over himself constantly. Besides the fact that he, you know, he, again, he reacts to stuff way after, you know, after it happened. He's not a great character. <laughs> He's kind of, he kind of sucks. After this, the chief, you know, says, that's it. We're done. No Valentine's Day party. I'm not messing around with this shit. But, you know, these rambunctious kids who are, you know, probably in their 30s. Your 40s <laughs> decide to have their party anyway so they're trying to find a place to put it you know they're they're sitting at a bar and they're planning this out and that's when we get you know like our our crazy bartender guy that's <laughs> sort of like the the guy in friday the 13th he's like i told you kids don't mess around with this oh he's exactly like the friday the 13th guy he's uh he's an, at least a couple of those movies the you know he's the the caretaker guy if you haven't seen those movies that like comes up like you kids are doomed doomed <laughs> And he's literally that character. He's exactly that guy. He gets killed real quickly after that. Oh, yeah. He gets super drunk and he's like, I'm going to go scare these kids good. And he like goes to the mine in one of the outbuildings. He sets up like granted, especially for a, a man as drunk as he is, a pretty elaborate scare prank. It is like, dude, that would have taken me hours. <laughs> <laughs> he like he sets up like a minor, you know, minor costume. You know, the overalls, or not the overalls, the, the jumpsuit and the gas mask and a helmet with a pickaxe. And he's like wired it up behind a door so that when you open the door, the pickaxe comes flying at your face. And, you know, he's fucking super proud of his work. So he keeps like opening the door and laughing and giggling at himself, watching the pickaxe fly. He did it like four times. Right. Except on the last time, the pickaxe didn't come up. He doesn't really react to that. He closes the door again, starts to walk away. 
And then fucking starts giggling himself. He's like, I gotta do it one more time. Fucking opens the door, and that's when our it's I, I you know, it's the miner, and, and he pickaxes him in the uh, in the chest, abdomen area. Yeah, and uh, you don't see it though, and you dra- you don't see it again, and you and you and he drags him off, and uh, that's our bartender doomsayer dead. And it, it is actually really cool. I do like it. it I is. knew it. I knew it was coming. But the only reason I knew it was coming is because so many movies have done that same sort of thing later. And it's because of this movie. So watching it as it was and it being a new thing for the time, it's pretty cool. I enjoy it. They did a good job. You know, the the the, the doomsayer in Friday the 13th fights it too. And, you know, it's it, I don't know, man. I enjoyed it. it they kept the tradition alive. It, <laughs> it's good. It's great stuff. So the, the kids eventually decide that they're going to have their party in the mine you know, that is, this town is built around. And they filmed this in Nova Scotia and they actually used a real mine. So every time they're in the mine, it's like a real mine. They're sometimes up to like six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred feet underground, like for real. That must have saved on set design. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? Like, let's just I, fucking film down here. It'll be fine. I don't think it actually did because I think what happened, and I read about this, I, I haven't had a chance to, you know, like, corroborated or anything like that but what i read happened is that they you know they picked this town and they picked the mine for the mine because it looked like you know this authentic mine that was sort of dirty and you know grungy and a little bit old and i guess the the town spent like a bunch of money like cleaning up the mine and making it look all nice and pretty and then they got there and they're like well, this isn't why we picked the mine so they had to spend more money to put it back the way it was you guys fucked it up <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a good, that's funny. <laughs> and, and I guess I didn't understand, like the party moves, like they had the party in this place and then they like moved it into the mine, but not everybody went down there. Yeah, this the spatial location for this movie isn't fantastic. They have the, the main party is in this like recreation area where, you know, the main like drinking and mingling is going on. Oh, that's There's maybe that... what they meant is that they're let's have it at the mine, but let's have it in one of the buildings in the mine. And then, you know, our main characters decide to go take a trip down into the mine is what it I, is. I mean, I guess that makes sense to some degree, but it's still weird, you know, spatial wise, you know, because they have the, the main area where people are like, you know, like I said, they're, they're mingling, they're drinking. There's a back area where they're cooking hot dogs lots and lots of hot dogs and and then there's a door that just leads into the mines like you open the door and you're just deep in the mine it's, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's weird at this point i want you to get sheriff newbie out of your head because he's he's gone he's not going to show up for like another 35 minutes or so yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know, this useless character god he sucks he sucks um, so much but the characters that actually go down into the mine are our more main characters so you got the howard the goo- the guy that luke is just waiting counting the Counting the seconds until this guy dies. By the by the way, by the way, uh, during this entire movie, we, we haven't. I don't think I've made it clear how annoying this guy is because uh, it's. I swear to God, every five minutes, Howard shows up to do some like pratfall or some obvious horrible joke or sound effect or a face. And uh, oh my God, I fucking hate Howard so much. <laughs> anyway, continue. So Howard goes down to the mine. Hollis, this other sort of jokester guy. And our big he's a portly guy he's he, yeah, he wears where, a, he wears a he wears a fun hat that says kick kiss my ass and it's a picture of a donkey <laughs> and it, you know you got tj and you got axel and you got sarah and patty so just you know like a bunch of our main characters that go down into the mine and at this point you know we're playing that game the movie wants you to play that game is like oh who's the real killer but they haven't really done a good job of giving you many clues there's maybe one like red herring that's an obvious one but there's no they want you to play this game, but they're not giving you the goods. They're not giving you things to like hang your hat on. 
No, the only thing they've given you so far is is the uh, the the backstory, the um, you know, the, the Henry Henry Warden story. You know, otherwise, they really haven't given you anything. One of the few, the first few people, the the party goers that gets murdered is is Sylvia, Sylvia and Mike, one of our other minor characters, minor, minor. You know what I mean? Other <laughs> characters. He uh, so they're about to get it on, and she's like, "You gotta go get more more beer." It's, this is like kind of a weird, funny scene because he pulls a condom out and she's like, That's "No, not I need a, some beer. I need beer. I don't want to." <laughs> give me some of that. Give me some of that moosehead beer. There's a yeah. moosehead beer can or bottle in every single scene, <laughs> and that's that's not an exaggeration. It's, there's there's moosehead. There's a logo or, or something moosehead. Is it? I think this movie was sponsored by Moonhead Moosehead. <laughs> <laughs> or or that's just the only beer you can buy in Canada in 1981. Right. Right. So Sylvia's death, I, the only I, the only reason I bring her up because she's a non-character, but uh, her death is actually it's one of the coolest ones in the movie because uh, you know Mike goes to get some more beer. The miner shows well. First he scares her with a bunch of laundry, which I can really describe that better than that. He's got to watch the movie, and she's freaking out. And he shows up. He picks her up by the neck, and he he jams her head into a shower head that's on. We don't get to see it because no, again, the idea of it is cool. We, we get to see it. He's about to do it, and it cuts away. So when Mike comes back with the beer, he show you know he finds her, and again we don't get to see it. We get to see kind of like an outline close up, but uh, yeah, the shower head is poking out of her, her mouth, and the water is coming out of there, which is like a pretty effective kill. It's pretty well done. So we got our main characters down in the mine and, you know, they want you to figure out who these people are. Hollis gets a nail gun to the head. Several nails. Several nails. Yeah. And his, his, um, he doesn't die right away. He actually sort of like hobbles off. He's going to die. But I actually like this little shot too. He had like a, a flashlight connected to his foot and it sort of just, it, the camera zoomed in on the flashlight as it, you know, he was shuffling off. Yeah. He's like, he's like brain dead at this point because he's got several nails, you know, shot into his head. So he's kind of, you know, he gets, he shuffles around like a zombie. And then the, uh, the remaining characters, which is Axel, TJ, Patty, and Sarah find him. And then, you know, and they, and Howard's, out. Howard's down there too, but he's run oh, off. Like he's just right. left. Yeah. He just left. He's like, you know, screw this. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Howard, the fucking jokester, my least favorite character. He, he runs off and leaves the girls, which, uh, in addition to him being a, an, an obnoxious shithead, he's also a fucking coward. Fuck that guy. Patty, Patty is the one that's sort of freaking out. And Patty's the, you know, the friend, you know, remember our love triangle is TJ, Axel and Sarah. They're the three main characters. And they're, they're trying to run away from, you know, the minor killer. There's a scene where they're like trying to climb up a ladder, which <laughs> I still don't know why they were climbing up the ladder because they climbed right back down and didn't go back up. That seems terrible. That so seems terrible. The only reason to do it is to, is to show you that Howard gets killed and Luke is denied his on-screen kill of Howard. I, I still cheered. Uh, because all of a sudden, like Howard drops down, he's got a noose around his head, and he's like, he's got blood around his face. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a bummer, not because Howard's dead. But uh, we never get to see him get killed. So then we got our four characters left, and they're running around, and and um, but Patty eventually gets killed, and one of the better kills of the movie. Great, too. it's great. Um, but does but does Axel? Like we think Axel gets killed before that, or does that happen after the Patty thing? So we think Axel gets killed because uh so we have TJ and Sarah and they're kinda like they're comforting each other and you hear like muffled screams and a and a uh you know, some kind of a some kind of a fracas goes off <laughs> off on screen and then uh TJ runs over there and he sees that where there should be like a like a barrier, like a wooden barrier that uh 
you know keeps the uh the people from falling into this this like pool of water apparently that's like 60 feet deep has been broken and he sees uh apparently you know it's axel's uh minor helmet just floating down into the water so you figure like well i guess axel is is dead and he's he's you know down in the water well, you know, the movie wants you to think he's dead, but everybody knows he's not. It's pretty and obvious. It, and, you know, and this isn't even a spoiler because, you know, Axel is our minor killer. He's the guy. And we're going to figure out why later. But it's not a spoiler because, you know what? The movie never sets up that mystery tension to where you care enough who the murderer actually is. No. And they don't give you enough clues to try and piece it together anyway. And as soon as that scene happens and Axel's off screen, you're like, well, yeah, there's the killer. Right. It, it mean, that's it's it's. You know, it's not hard to figure out, you guys. It's, um, you know, it is it is what it is. You know what? In 1981, you know, they tried to do a sleight of hand, and uh, it's not great. No, it's been done better, even about films that were made around that same time as that. Yes. What we were about to say is that Patty does get killed, but it's pretty cool. It is a cool kill. It's a, it's a, it's a very surprising kill. Like, not that I expected Patty to make it, but, uh, man, she gets a pickaxe to the stomach. Or, uh, and man, it comes out of nowhere, and it, yeah, it's she's good. like just turning a corner, and it's just yep. yeah, it's just she's yeah. You don't good. again, you don't like see any gore or blood really in it, but it's just the way it's shot, it's effective. It's it's and you can tell it's you know it's a kill shot. It's good. So you got now you got our miner chasing Sarah and our neckerchief wearing TJ hero. <laughs> neckerchief, dude. The whole movie, man, almost like he's got this neckerchief on, man. It's uh. <laughs> Man, if you if you're uh, if wondering what what era you're watching the movie, just just take a look at what TJ is wearing, and you, you'll you get a good, good idea. And they jump onto a mine cart that's sent, you know, like going back up to the surface of the mine, and they're having the most awkward fight on this mine cart. You can tell none of these actors are comfortable on this moving mine cart. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. It's very stilted and wooden and not really well done. At, at the same time, you have finally uh, Chief Newbie shows up with uh, He with shows up, up, he runs in the mine and then runs right back out. Yeah, runs right back out. He's like, nope, I don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 again, it's almost humorous. Like the, um, you know, the, the, the law enforcement movie is how, you know, how terrible it is. And uh, yeah, they, they run down there and uh, yeah, they're too late for everything. And they've been too late the whole movie. Why, why stop now? This minecart fight, you know, travels to the floor and they're still fighting. And it cuts between the fight of the three of them. And then, you know, Sheriff Newbie running in with his posse. And then it goes down another mine shaft, a ventilation shaft that they're not supposed to be in because it's dangerous. And they're fighting. They're tearing the place apart. That's when uh, the miner, the gas mask gets pulled off and you figure out that it's Axel. So Axel's mask gets gets ripped off, and all of a sudden we're, we're treated to uh, a real, real quick flashback, and it's a little tiny Axel, you know, back twenty years ago, and it turns out one of those superintendents from you know that were responsible for those those deaths all those years ago, he was one of the ones that got killed by um you know by the original miner. It turns out Axel saw and witnessed the whole thing, so it scarred him. Yeah, I, I guess that's his M.O., you know, that that's why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, it's like a 20 second flashback that's supposed to explain the whole reason behind the movie. Real quick, man. It's a real half-assed way to, to establish M.O. for our killer. And yeah, so, then you know, basically that that fight ends with T.J. bringing like the mine ceiling down on Axel. 
and then you know sheriff newbie and all the people show up and they're like just in time yeah he's in there (laughs) (laughs) he's in there and he goes in and there i'm trying to uncover him and you see his hand stick out yeah and then they uh they start going sarah runs i gotta see him i gotta see him sarah runs in there with tj and nobody stops her because you know the police department is the worst and the the fucking they uncover that it's just the arm. That's the only thing that's left in there. And they, they there's a little tunnel that they can see through, and they see Axel with his arm off. He's it's been ripped off in the uh, in the collapse, and he, he's just like laughing like a maniac. He's like, hey, I'll come back. Uh, what does he say? He's my bloody going, Valentine. My bloody Valentine. I'll be waiting in hell for you, Harry. Harry, I'm coming. This whole fucking town is going to die. We're coming back, you bastards. <laughs> Sarah, be my bloody Valentine. <laughs> Daddy, gone away. Harry Ward. <laughs> he doesn't see. He doesn't even say like, "I'm gonna come back." He's like, "We'll come back." And we're like, "Who's we?" Yeah. Oh, we'll come back. That's right. That's what it is. It's uh, and he just runs off and uh, into the darkness. You know, you figure you know into the the depths of the mine, and uh, that's how the movie ends. <laughs> Roll credits with a uh, with a folk song. Oh, the ballad. Do oh my god, you guys. Uh, if there's one thing you can take away from this review from this movie, you guys gotta check out uh the, this ballad that plays at the end of uh at the credits from from My Bloody Valentine. It is great. It's fantastic. It's, it's sang by a, a Scottish Canadian tenor called John McDermott, and uh, I guess it was added as an afterthought by the by composer Paul Zaza. Uh, like he was like he wasn't even going to do it, but uh, at the end he's like, yeah, it's you know whatever, let's put it in there. But it's perfect. It's fucking great. It's a great way to cap off this weird ass slasher movie. I, I loved it. I love this so much. <laughs> Once upon a time, on a sad valentine, in a place known as Anniger Mine. A legend began, every woman and man would always remember the time. So that's My Bloody Valentine, 1981, the original. Luke, give me your final thoughts. If you are a fan of slasher movies, you need to watch this movie. Enjoy it for its campiness enjoy it for its obvious influences i recommend it man it's it's really good it's it's not okay it's not really good it's it's pretty good uh it's uh <laughs> absolutely check it out you know i think you got to put this one in sort of must watch viewing if you're a fan of horror movies a fan of slasher movies and you know you, you got to watch the original halloween you got to watch friday the 13th to a certain extent, you got to watch Nightmare on Elm Street, although that's a little bit different, a little bit later. You got to watch The Burning. And, you know, there's a few other ones, too, that I'm sure I'm not going to mention. Sleepaway Camp's one of them. But sure. it, it, it definitely has its place, and it needs to be watched. That being said, comparing it to a Halloween, to an original Friday the 13th, to a Burning, which is another movie that people don't know about too much. They should. It's definitely on the bottom. It's not as good as those other ones. Agreed. But it was an enjoyable watch. I'm glad I saw it. But I don't need to make this like repeat viewing like I would some of the other ones.
this is normally the time when we would play guess the movie title, but since it's a special episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. So without further ado, it's, is it a rom-com or horror movie quiz time? Shit. All right, Luke, the way this game is going to work is that I've prepared five movie descriptions for you, and you're going to have to guess two things based on the description. Is it a romantic comedy or is it a horror movie? And then <laughs> try to guess what the horror movie is or the romantic comedy. So five movies, two points available for each one for a total of 10. Here we go. Movie number one. A woman has met a man of her dreams. Her heart flutters as she attempts to figure out what this all means. Is this the event she has been waiting for all her life? Or will things not turn out as she expects? That could be fucking any one of those. <laughs> when I, I'll be honest, when I was writing these down, this is my weakest one. I, I found that this was a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. And so this is my weakest one. There's not a lot to go on there, I, so do your best. All right. All right. I'm going to go with, with, with horror because... We like horror, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> All right, you are correct. That is a horror yeah. movie. Do you have a guess as to which one it is? Is this Sleeping with the Enemy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You'll notice I said, I said a woman has met a man of her dreams. Ah, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I told you it was my weakest one. All right, Kill it gets better. Killing it gets, me. It gets better from here. Number two. Killing me. A young man moves back home after a mental break. As he tries to reconcile with where his life has led him, a mysterious girl appears with a new set of problems. Uh, I'm going to go say this is a uh, rom-com. You are correct. So that's two points. Okay. Which okay. rom-com is it? It is a relatively newer one. I guess new-ish. And okay. it was nominated for an Academy Award. Love Actually. No, it's Silver Linings Playbook. I've seen that. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah, yeah right. I like that movie. All right. <clears throat> All right. Movie number three. A man is enraptured by a woman, so much so that he follows her around begging for attention. Things take a turn when the man and woman figure out that they are related. Rom-com. No, this one's a horror movie. So Actually, we mentioned it tonight. So what do you think it is? We mentioned it tonight? We talked about it tonight in our podcast. Psycho? No, man. It's Halloween. Fuck! Fucking fuck! Of course it is. All right. You're doing pretty good on the rom-com or horror movie part. You got, you got three more. Here we Don't go. Don't patronize me. Strange and crazy happenings befall a California couple as they try to grow their real estate business. Things get heated in the bedroom as one member of the family enters a dimension that they never imagined could exist. All right, that's got to be a horror movie. That is definitely a horror movie. You got fuck. it. Okay, okay. Paranormal Activity? No, but man, you are so in the right direction. God damn it. It's poltergeist. Fuck me. Okay, right. <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about, you know, that scene with the fucking clown in the bedroom. Yeah. I was thinking one of the more scariest fucking things I've ever seen. Me too. It, it dude, it, that 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 fuck clowns for me for the rest of my life, man. I, I yeah, I get it. That's I was thinking more recent, but man, that's a really good one. All right. So you got three points with two more to go. I lied earlier when I said I had five movies. I actually have six. Okay, you right. deceiving bastard. 
All right, here's the next one. After a man loses his wife to a ferocious sickness, he takes his seven-year-old son across the country to get away. After confiding in a number of people as to what happened, a mysterious stranger will not leave him alone. After a series of near misses, we get an exciting climax at the top of the Empire State Building. That's got to be a horror movie, right? No, man, it's a rom-com. Ugh. Okay. Starring, right. starring, I'll give you, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Oh, you got mail? The other one, Sleepless in Seattle. Damn it! <laughs> Dude, I get it. These are difficult. I, these are these are difficult. I get oh, it. Oh man, I, I knew I had a 50-50 shot there, and I fucked it <clears throat> up. Okay, no, all right. it's all good. All right, you got one more, and I'm gonna give you a hint before we start this one. Okay. And and this is gonna this is gonna give you. I really want you to guess a movie correctly. All right. So my hint is going to give you whether it's a rom-com or a horror movie, but that's okay because I really want you to get this movie. All right. Okay. We have watched this movie for the podcast. There is a podcast on this one. Oh, shit. All right. This is one of the ones that we watched. So keep it in your head. All right. All right. So you know it's going to be a horror movie. It's a horror movie. (laughs) There you go. Four points. All right. Two very different people find themselves stranded together. Can they stop arguing for long enough to both see the light? Can I ask a question? You can ask a question, sure. Is this a is this a a Christmas one? No, it is not a it's Christmas one. Not a Christmas one. one. Okay, okay. God, this is probably fucking wrong. Is it the lighthouse? Yeah, dude, it's the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays and Fridays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next. We're going to start doing the Scream franchise, you guys. We're going to start off with the first one, Scream Scream 1. It's just called Scream. We're going to have some special guests again. So uh, uh, Blair and Megan are coming back, which we can't wait. That's fucking awesome. That's pretty much it. Later, Gators. They get fucking sponsored by Moosehead? I believe uh, they did. We saw a box of Moosehead beer. There's Moosehead all over the table. Look, see? Moosehead beer right behind him, dude. Yeah, dude. In big old letters. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is from Canada, which is where they filmed this. <laughs> and I can tell you, I don't like it very much. Of all the like the uh, the bullshit beers, of course, this is the one I'll, I'll default to if I absolutely have to. I'd buy a Mexican beer over any Budweiser or mm-hmm. in like I'm literally any Mexican beer. Except Tecate. Tecate can suck my balls.